the fifth regular meeting of the Memphis City Council, February 2nd, 2021. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Present. Councilor Falco. Present. Vice President Knight. Present. Councilor Marks. Present. Councilor Morell. Present. Councilor Scarpelli. Present. President Carviello. Present. Seven affirmative. Please rise and salute the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands. One nation. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, general law, chapter 30A, section 18, and the governor's March 15, <clears throat> 2020 order imposing the strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place, this meeting of the Memphis City Council will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with the right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medfordmass.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Medford, uh, media community, Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording, transcript, or other comprehensive record of the proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. <clears throat> okay. Um, motions, orders, and resolutions. 21-023, offered by Councilor Mox, be it resolved that the deadline discount program be discussed. Councilor Mox. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I am still waiting for additional information uh, on this subject and would ask that it be tabled. Okay. Thank you. On the, on the motion by Councilor Mox, uh, seconded by Councilor Knight. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes. Seven affirmative motion passes. <clears throat> 21038, offered by Vice President Knight and Councilor Scarpelli. <clears throat> Resolution urging fair and full employment opp opportunity at Amazon. Whereas Amazon has targeted the city of Metro expansion of its e-commerce network and whereas COVID-19 has had a devastating impact on the health, safety, and well-being of the resident city of Metro and whereas the preventative measures put in place to combat COVID-19 by state and local guidelines prevent the spread and curtail of transmission of the coronavirus have had a devastating economic impact on local retail establishments in the city of Medford Ends have changed the retail options for the residents of the city of Medford Ends, whereas preventative measures put in place to combat COVID-19 and whereas 
existing retail and e-commerce delivery networks currently operate in the city, Medford, city of Medford and set community standards for every family with sustaining wages, benefits, including but not limited to quality health insurance and secure retirement. And whereas these retail and e-commerce delivery options coexist in Medford's diverse neighborhoods while adding value to the fabric of the community, offering good careers for Medford residents to provide for their families. And whereas existing e-commerce delivery options have aptly served the residents of the city of Medford throughout the COVID-19 pandemic while maintaining the highest standards for its essential workforce. And whereas Amazon, which is not conformed to area standards for wages, benefits, and working condition, has targeted the city of Medford area for expansion of its e-commerce operations. Now, be it resolved that the Medford City Council, hereby assembled, urges Amazon to meet and confer with the Medford community, included but not limited to representatives from the International Brotherhood of Teamsters Local 25, locally impacted neighborhood groups, local residents, and other interested parties to discuss how Amazon can expand their delivery options, warehouses, and fulfillment centers in a way that is beneficial to the city of Medford and its residents while guaranteeing sustainable growth for the city and helping to ensure that fair and equitable employment standards are maintained for all e-commerce delivery networks throughout the city of Medford. And it be further resolved that prior to any expansion into the city of Medford, Amazon commits to and presents sufficient evidence to the city of, to the Medford City Council that its operation meets or exceeds current standards set by existing e-commerce delivery networks. This commitment would include that all delivery drivers be direct employees of Amazon and not independent contractors. Amazon will ensure that all employee delivery drivers pass the most rigorous background checks, including query checks, and are compliant with all federal DOT drug testing guidelines. Amazon will only hire competent and safe delivery drivers that will maintain the utmost professional conduct in their day-to-day -day operation in the neighborhoods of the city of Medford. Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, bearing with <clears throat> me and going through all of that. I apologize for the uh, length of my resolution. Uh, however, I think it's a very important issue and I think it's very important that we uh, take a look at this. Um, it's evident that during government shutdown, Mr. President, we've all become more and more reliant upon e-commerce options. Um, but while e-commerce certainly has its many benefits, uh, the adverse impacts that it's had during the pandemic upon Main Street USA is something many of the businesses here in Medford are never going to recover from. And uh, the expansion of Amazon in particular is negatively impacting the well-being of our community and our local economy. Uh, Mr. President, there were just a number of reported concerns that Amazon's lowering the bar um, concerning safety standards, misclassifying of employees, uh, failure to pay a living wage, provide health insurance or secure retirement prospects for their employees. And quite frankly, our community's lost jobs to this mega corporation. And as one of the most profitable corporations in the world, Amazon is a social responsibility to its consumers, the environment of the communities that they service, and most importantly, its workers to replace jobs lost in our community during this pandemic with opportunities that meet our current community standards and raise the bar, not lower it. And that's not what we're receiving right now, Mr. President. 
the Memphis City Council has called upon Amazon to appear before us in the past to address the concerns that we have regarding their operational practices, the way their drivers park and drive down the street, the way their drivers aren't properly quarry checked, the size of the vehicles that they're um, distributing across our, our, our neighborhoods, Mr. President, much uh, to the chagrin of many of the residents and the quality of life uh, of us here in Medford. So with that being said, Mr. President, I ask that my council colleagues uh, support this resolution in calling Amazon to the carpet to address a number of concerns that we have here in the community and raising standards um, for living people and for working people here in the community, Mr. President. So I'd ask my council colleagues to support the resolution. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Council Scott Pelley. Thank you, Mr. President. I thank uh, my co fellow colleague and uh, Vice President Knight. I think, uh, not to be redundant, but you hit the uh, hit that right on the button. I think that uh, this is something that we brought forward, uh, something that we look to address. And uh, my number one um, uh, vision with this is the safety and um, having the um, responsibility that we um, we put on other um, entities that that use Medford as uh, a place of business, and I think that uh, uh, it's a very important uh, piece of this puzzle. And as they grow and move forward, I think it's important that we um, meet with them and and make sure they understand uh, where we want them to be and how the city of Medford. Uh, holds them accountable. And I think that uh, you're seeing this across um, the Commonwealth. There are other communities that are focusing on, um, you know, the, the, um, the, the feats of the fire per se to Amazon. And as they're growing, it's great. You'd like to see companies grow, but as they come into uh, our community, we want to make sure at what cost and making sure that they are licensed uh, correctly, that they are quarried. And uh, as they drive our streets and um, enter our, our residents, that they're uh, people that are <clears throat> safe and, um, and follow our laws. So I appreciate uh, Councilor Knight's uh, thoroughness with this uh, uh, presentation and um, move approval. Thank you, Councilor Scarpelli. Councilor Moreau. Thank you, Mr. President. <clears throat> yeah, I thank Councillors Knight and Scarpelli for bringing this forward. Um, I couldn't agree more that Amazon is really driving a race to the bottom as far as wages and benefits, uh, while also really damaging local businesses. And this also says nothing of their incentivization and really um, practice of penalties that causes drivers in the area, you know, to drive erratically, to stop in the middle of the street, to park against traffic, and really disturb safety in the area. Um, so I just, I, I thank them for bringing this forward and I, I look forward to supporting this paper tonight. Thank you, Councilor. Councilor Beers. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, thank you, Vice President Knight for bringing this forward. And I agree with my fellow councilors. It's imperative that uh, Amazon is providing good union jobs in our community, especially when they're disrupting so many of our small businesses. And, uh, you know, really, I, as Councilor Morrell said and Councilor Knight lowering the bar, um, so I, I'm strongly supportive of this. And I do think just a special point needs to be made that their labor practices are really devious and they're tracking people down to the second. And uh, these workers deserve better. Um, they deserve a union and they deserve a living wage. So I hope that we can help move this forward as a council. Thank you. Thank you, Council Biz. Any further questions? Um, uh, one, 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 one more thing, Mr. President. I think it's very important to point out that, um, you know, 
when we talk about community standards and what we expect here in Medford for employers to do and what it takes to be a good employer um, or what it takes to uh, support the rights of workers in the community, we have to also look at the fact that this, resident, this, this resolution does speak to asking that um, Local 25 be involved. And when you look at Local 25, the Teamsters Union and the work they've done uh, related to individuals in the trucking industry and professionals in the trucking industry, um, when we talk about community standards, Local 25 helps set that bar, Mr. President, um, when it comes down to a fair living wage, when it comes down to providing health benefits and to providing secure retirement prospects for the community. We have to look at the organizations that are in this community that provide people with jobs. And Local 25 is a large employer in the city of Medford. We look at the work that Sean O'Brien does as president of Local 25, a Medford resident, a Medford high school grad, someone that maintains pride in his community, someone that has the blue and white running through his veins. Um, you know, we, we have to respect the work that these individuals have done for Medford in the past. And that's why I asked Local 25 to be involved in this uh, process as we go forward, Mr. President. I thank uh, President O'Brien for his leadership in the region. And when I say the region, I don't mean Eastern Massachusetts. I mean Eastern United States of America, uh, because he's really helping set the tone and set the bar and um, raise standards across the country. So I, I want to take an opportunity to also thank Sean O'Brien and the work that he's doing on behalf of the residents in Medford and also across America. So thank you very much to Sean. Thank you. And, and if I if I could say something, uh, I want to thank uh, Councilor Knight, uh, Vice President Knight and Councilor Scott Play for bringing this forward. Uh, you know, these men and women who work for Amazon, uh, you know, I know they classify them as independent contractors. They're not. Because independent contractors uh, can set their own time, and they, uh, Amazon is a very demanding company, and they set they set the, the, the standard for uh, of, of how these men and women have to work, their hours, and their pay. So they're they're not independent contractors. All Amazon is doing is avoiding paying them uh, workman's comp and insurance and, and uh, a decent living wage and, and some type of pension. So again, uh, I also support this. Uh, you know, not only for what they do in Medford. But, you know, for, for all the men, the men and women who work for this company throughout the country, not just in Medford, uh, you know, it's, it's um, the same thing goes for the, uh, the Uber and the Lyft guys. Those guys, they're not, they're not uh, independent contractors when you're dictated to how you have to work. So, again, I, I thank my counselors for bringing this up, and I will be in support of this. Mr. President? Uh, Councilor Falco. Thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank my council colleagues as well, Councilor Night, Councilor Scott Pelley, for bringing this forward. I think, Councilor Knight, you hit it on the head in one of the last sentences you made. It's all about raising the bar, and I think that this does that, and uh, I'll support this 100%, and I move approval. Thank you, Councilor Falco. Uh, any further discussion on this? President? Uh, uh, Councilor Max. Uh, just if we could, uh, what, what are the next steps regarding this? Uh, we well, we've asked them to appear before us to discuss uh, the um, uh, the issues that have been brought up by the council. So um, I'm sure that the clerk will send this out uh, via registered mail, so we know that someone has received it, um, and uh, and uh, have them uh, appear before us. Right. So so if they fail to appear in the past, uh, one would think they're probably not going to appear again. So what what are the next steps by this city council? Um, you know, I support this, but I, I want to support something that has some teeth to it and something that we can act upon. And, and I'm not quite sure that we're there with this. Um, you know, I know the intent and I support the intent, but uh, I'd like to see some other steps, um, you know, waiting for them to come to a meeting, which may never happen to me is not a next step. 
Um, but I, like I said, I am supportive. If, if I may, Mr. President. Uh, Vice President Knight. Uh, this is just one piece in a regional approach that Local 25 is taking and working with the community stakeholders to raise the bar across the region where Amazon is looking to expand. So the next steps would be that, you know, we're going to get community support from communities surrounding Medford. Some of them had a, a resolution on very recently. Uh, the city of Boston has as well. Uh, the next step and what my intention would be would be to coordinate um, with representatives, the sponsors of those pieces of legislation, as well as the legislative arm of Local 25 uh, to begin putting pressure on a dialogue with him. So that's the next steps that I'd like to take, Mr. President, and the next steps that have been coordinated through the political arm of Local 25. Thank you. So, so Mr. President, are we aware of any particular pieces of legislation that we can look at? That would be helpful. Okay, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll look into that and see if we can find anything. Uh, we could also refer this to us to our solicitor also, or KP Law, uh, for their opinion on, on, our, on, on the next step. And I mean, some of the things that we can look at, Mr. President, would be um, establishing no truck zones, um, working with Amazon to be sure that they understand what uh, resident access only means, uh, not using streets through cut-throughs, then also those other uh, community standards issues that uh, we're discussing where, you know, we want the delivery driver that's coming to Medford is also going to Malden and Winchester and Melrose. So we want to make sure that person's properly Corey checked, properly licensed and properly, um, properly trained in the safety standards that are acceptable to us in the region. And um, the only way that we're going to be able to do that is by coordinating locally. And then I'm um, taking the next steps uh, that the stakeholders are able to establish for what they think will work in their individual community and uh, also regionally. Thank you, Vice President. Knight. Any further questions on this? I don't see any. Um, uh, Laura Roma. If we can unmute Laura. Mr. Clark, if we can unmute. Thank you. I got it. Thank I, you. Name the uh, best of the record, please. Laura Roma, 149 Burgett Ave in Medford. I would just like to uh, mention to the council that we should be very careful with our language here because Amazon actually does bring jobs to the community. Uh, as we all know, over on the river, lots of uh, high paying uh, computer programming jobs. So like when we do talk about Amazon, I think it's important to say that there's obviously many branches of Amazon. What issues you're addressing specifically are the delivery drivers and I believe the warehouse of which there's not one in, in Medford, but could be you know, nearby or could be as we expand. Um, so then there's, there's three businesses to Amazon, right? And then there's the jobs that we are happy to have them um, bring to our community. So just a, a slight change in the way that we approach this company um, who actually does employ a number of people in the area, whether you are a contract or, or not. And the other issue, of course, is I understand the union is very um, aggressive to this. I just wanna make sure this is the best thing for Medford now. Does this something that has to be agreed to tonight? Is this an urgent matter? Thank you. Thank you, Laura. Approval. Mr. Okay. President. Uh, Council Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. I think uh, Laurel brings up a good point in just highlighting how egregious some of Amazon's practices are and that they do seem to understand um, livable wages and benefits, but only for one tier of their employees and the way that they treat the rest of their employees um, is truly deplorable. And I just ask, you know, I think we're seeking that all of their employees be treated with the same care they treat um, those who work in the offices within their company. Thank you. I, I think Councilor, uh, Vice President Knight is, is asking mostly about the independent contractors uh, that are in there. I think that's really the highlight of it. Uh, and I am aware that they do have an office in, um, over in River's Edge and Cabot Road, and they do employ uh, people there uh, in, that, in that office there. So I thank you. 
right. further and, discussion. And, Council President Caviello, I understand that. And um, again, like I said, the jobs that we're replacing in the community should not be lowering the bar. They should be raising the bar. So right. when we're taking jobs away from truck drivers, we should be bringing jobs back in truck drivers that met those same community <clears> standards. <throat> um, you know, high-tech jobs are high-tech jobs. But when we're talking about blue-collar working people that need to get paid a living wage in order to survive in this community, in order to be able to live in this community, in order to, be have, in order to have discretionary dollars that they can spend in the local economy here so that we can all rise together, I think it's very important that we focus on those jobs as well. I thank my council colleague, uh, Councilor Scott Pelley, as a co-sponsor. Thank you. Uh, on the motion by Councilor Scott Pelley, seconded by Councilor Knight. Uh, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Carabiello. Yes. Seven in the affirmative. Motion passes. <clears throat> uh, 21039, offered by Councilor Bears. Be resolved that the Memphis City Council uh, and the department of, have the Department of Public Works repaint the crosswalks at Winthrop Street and West Street and crossing Winthrop Street just past Southwest South Street in the interest of public safety. Councilor Bears. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, you know, this resolution is put forward, uh, one, because, you know, just you can see that the crosswalks there are uh, fading a little bit, but also um, some resident concerns in the area that uh, the changes at South Street and Main Street might lead to additional uh, car traffic on Winthrop Street and it's already difficult to cross the street there uh, for pedestrians, and there's a concern that that might get worse. Um, so the intent of this resolution is to make sure the crosswalks are repainted and also uh, to explore um, the city administration to explore any additional signage or other pedestrian safety measures at this location, just to make sure that uh, residents can cross the street safely. Thank you. Thank Mr. you. Mr. President, on that point. Uh, Vice President Knight. Um, for about the last seven weeks now, I've been working with the city um, traffic, the city's traffic engineer to get a couple of signs removed on the corner of South Street and um, Winthrop. And uh, these signs are located on that recent Complete Streets project that was performed. Um, it's a cutout or a bump out right in front of uh, the first house on the corner. And um, the city in the, their uh, approach to trying to mitigate traffic along um, South Street put two signs up, one that says 93 and the other one that says 16, right on the corner of South Street and Winthrop Street, um, probably arm's length distance from the, if you were standing on the front porch of the gentleman's home that lives on the corner, he could reach off the front porch and touch the signs, Mr. President. Um, I've made multiple attempts to ask that these uh, signs be relocated or removed in my conversations with the city traffic engineer. He said it's going to happen. I'd like to see it happen, but an inordinate amount of time has passed, Mr. President, uh, for, for these signs to still remain in place. So I'd just like to uh, ask Councilor Bears uh, if he doesn't mind that I offer a B paper uh, requesting that these signs be re relocated as agreed to by uh, the traffic engineer as well. Absolutely. And uh, they're no longer relevant. Correct. True. You know, he can't with the change. So, yeah. Thank you, Vice President. Any further questions? Move Here approval as amended. Uh, uh, on the B paper, uh, as often as counseled by Councilor Knight, seconded by. Second. Seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. 
Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes, seven in the affirmative motion passes. On the original paper, offered by Councilor Bears, seconded by. Second. Seconded by Councilor Falco. Mr. Clerk, please, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Thank you. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes, 70 in the affirmative. Motion passes. 21040, offered by President Caraviello. Be it resolved that the Memphis City Council send its deepest and sincere condolences to the family of Tom Fahey on his recent, pa on his recent passing. His presence in our community will be missed. Um, Tom Fahey's been a, uh, another icon in our community. Uh, like like Councilor uh, Scott Pelley said last week, uh, you know, these icons are, are passing and no one is, is filling their, their shoes. Um, Tom Fahey was a fixture at City Hall for many, many years um, in, in the, in the, with, with the voting office. Um, and when I was the first candidate that came in, uh, he was there uh, all the time. And, you know, he was still there even after he wasn't on there anymore. Uh, good man. He served our country in World War II and uh, Korean War. He was a member of, uh, of the Memphis Kiwanis and a good community member. Uh, and again, like I said, you know, another icon in our community has passed. And um, he'll say, um, and condolences to his family. And um, I ask that this meeting be held uh, in his honor. President. Councilor uh, Max. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. And uh, thank you for putting this on the agenda tonight. You, you, you couldn't meet a kinder, gentler man. Um, you know, when I first got elected some many years ago, he was one of the first people that I met at City Hall. And in his capacity as uh, the registrar of voters, um, you know, he was a very fair man, Tom, if you knew him. Uh, you know, he took his job very seriously, although he was one that you could talk to. Um, he was old fashioned in that way, that he'd be willing to lend an ear, lend advice. And um, he always kept conversations to himself. And just a true family man and uh, someone that uh, will be sorely missed at City Hall, uh, Mr. President. And uh, I, too, uh, uh, want to send out my deepest condolence to uh, his family and friends, Mr. President. Thank you. Uh, Clerk Curtis, you want to speak? Uh, I would love to, uh, Mr. President, if, if that's appropriate. Uh, I just I wanted to uh, extend my condolences to the Faye family as well. Um, you know, before I started as clerk, Tom uh, was incredible to me personally, uh, getting me up to speed on all the election, uh, all the election work that needed to be done. Uh, in fact, for the first year and a half that I was clerk, he was in the office, in the Registrar's of Voters office, just about every Wednesday, uh, meeting with the team in there. And uh, he was always uh, very good with his time and with his energy and with his passion for the city. And uh, you know, he was a good man. He'll be sorely missed. And I just want to extend my condolences to his family. Thank you. Uh, any, uh, Councilor Falco. Thank you, President Caviello. Uh, I'd also like to send my condolences to the Fahey family. Um, uh, Mr. Fahey was, uh, like everyone has already said, I mean, very uh, committed to this city, uh, committed to this country as a veteran, and um, always volunteered, uh, always friendly, very nice to talk to, love to talk to him about city politics and 
uh, about elections. That was his wheelhouse, and he loved that, and he loved talking about it. And uh, he was also um, a fixture down at St. Francis. You'd see him uh, uh, you know, at Mass every Sunday, and um, he was just an all-around great person um, who was always giving back to the community. Um, so I'd like to offer my condolences to the family. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, any further? Any further questions? Any further discussion? Okay. Um, well, approval, Mr. President, as amended. Okay. Um, on the motion by uh, President Caraviello, seconded by Councilor Knight. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Vice President Knight's nodding his head, but I can't hear him. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Carviello. Yes. Uh, seven in the, in the affirmative motion passes. Uh, please uh, rise uh, for a moment of silence. Thank you. Two one one zero four one offered by Vice President Knight. Whereas paper council paper two zero four two six establishing the cannabis advisory committee ordinance was passed on September twenty second two thousand twenty. In whereas Article one of this ordinance reads: within ninety days following the adoption of this of this requires that the Cannabis Advisory Commission shall establish a scoring, commission, uh, scoring system and will review and score applicants seeking to locate a marijuana establishment in the city of Medford. Applications for all applicants shall be open no later than 120 days following the adoption of this order. And whereas on Monday, December 21st, 2020, marked the 90th day following passage of paper 20426 in January 20th, 2021, marked the 120th day of following this passage of paper 20426. Be it further, be it so resolved that that the presence of the members of the, the community CAC is requested at the next regularly scheduled city council meeting for the purpose of a, of a presentation consisting of the following materials and information. A copy of the scoring system and application criteria being utilized by the CAC. <clears throat> Two, the date the CAC ban began accepting applications. Three, the deadline for the close of the application period. Four, a two-date reporting of the number of applications received, number of interviews conducted, and the dates the interviews were held. Five, the proposed public meeting schedule for further notice for further interview applicants. Six, anticipated date that the CAC will present its findings and make recommendations regarding which respondents should be engaged to negotiate a host agreement and be it further resolved that the city council receive a legal opinion from the city solicitor on the following question. Is the city exposed to any liabilities or legal ramifications should the CAC fail to act within the established timeframes outlined in the city ordinance. Vice President Knight. Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, 
this <clears throat> the passage of this ordinance is something that this council and previous councils have worked on now dating back to the McGlynn administration. Um, the voters of this community have passed uh, their will. They passed their desire that they want to see um, medicinal and recreational marijuana dispensaries legalized in the city of Medford. Uh, the council did its due diligence and put together a work product. And that work product was properly vetted. Um, it addressed numerous safeguards for our community and our neighborhoods. And it was sent to the administration. And the administration was uh, confined to a certain deadline as to when this process and procedure was supposed to be implemented and take place, Mr. President. We're leaving millions and millions and millions of dollars on the table during a time when our community is facing financial crisis. And it's concerning to me that the administration is not acting on the will of the council and also in the best interest of the community and the will of the voters. Um, so with that being said, Mr. President, I'd like to have the community, um, uh, the Cannabis Advisory Commission appear before us next week to provide us with an update as to where we are in the process, um, as to what exactly is going on with this. Um, you know, I know that the Chief of Police is very busy. I know that the Director of Health is very busy. I know that the Building Commissioner is very busy, but I think we're all very busy, Mr. President. Um, we're all very busy because we're dedicated public servants. Now the question comes upon, being dedicated public servants, it's our duty and responsibility to comply with the timelines and guidelines that are outlined in these ordinances. Uh, so with that being said, Mr. President, um, I'd like to see where we are in this whole entire process because I feel as though um, once we reach a certain point, uh, the city will begin to see an influx of much needed funds uh, that we can use for necessary program that all of us have talked so much about previously. I'd ask my council colleagues to support the resolution. Thank you, Vice President Knight. Second the resolution. Uh, any further questions? Second that, Mr. President. On, on the motion by, by Vice President Knight, seconded by Councilor Scott Pelley. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Mr. Mr. President. Oh, I'm sorry, Councilor Mays, did you have your hand up? Um, I was just wondering, uh, Councilor Knight, have you received any communication from the city administration as, you know, is the assumption that there's been no commission formed? That my assumption is that the commission's formed by legislative action, but I'm a little concerned right. about whether or not the commission has established these guidelines within the 90-day time period and begin accepting applications um, as outlined in the ordinance. Got it. Just want to confirm. I, I did speak to um, the mayor and the chief of staff uh, last week, and uh, they said that uh, they were moving forward with this, and uh, uh, people Who's should be ready to uh, have... Uh, into, uh, be, being uh, notified within the next uh, two weeks, according to the chief of staff. Got it. Who's, who's they, Mr. President? Is, is they the community, the cannabis advisory commission, or is they the mayor's office? Uh, the mayor's office. I, I had spoken to the mayor's office about uh, where we were on this and if it was moving it's forward. Not, it's not their process. I understand that. I just want to see where mm -hmm. they were. Yeah. Does this this council, Mr. President, during the debate, discussion, and deliberation of the ordinance before us, was very concerned about this mysterious conflict of interest that may or may not exist? That the mayor received a conflict of interest opinion from an outside attorney that she hasn't shared with anybody relative to some sort of conflict of interest surrounding the application of this ordinance. Um, we talked about it at length in the subcommittee meetings. We talked about it at length in the committee of the whole meetings where we were crafting this ordinance. Um, so it's concerning to me, Mr. President, when we have a mysterious, never seen before conflict of interest opinion from a private attorney, which really holds no water because it's not an opinion from the city solicitor, who by ordinance is the only person that can give a legal opinion to the mayor or the city council in the city of Medford, um, number one. Number two, Mr. President, if in fact a conflict does exist, 
the Transparency Administration should be telling us what this conflict is and where it exists. Number two, if in fact the ordinance says that the Cannabis Advisory Commission is the entity and body that's supposed to establish this process and procedure, the reason it was structured like that was to keep the administration out of it because the administration has to come back and negotiate the host community agreement after the recommendations are made from the Cannabis Advisory Commission. So it seems to me for an ordinance surrounding an issue where the mayor has this expressed mysterious conflict of interest, she sure has a lot of interest in what goes on with it. And it's very concerning to me, Mr. President. I think we need to look at this a little bit harder than we have. Um, so with that being said, I ask my council call. Uh, thank you, Mr. Vice President. Uh, on the motion by uh, Vice President Knight, seconded by Councilor Scarpelli. Any further questions? Mr. President. Councilor Marks. Uh, uh, and I want to thank my colleague, uh, Vice President Knight, for bringing this up. Uh, during the deliberation, we were very careful when we selected the 90-day process uh, to allow the Cannabis Advisory Committee to have enough time uh, to do their due diligence and establish the scoring system uh, and the process that they were going to follow. Um, there was originally discussion, if members recall, uh, of a 30-day process, and we didn't think that was adequate enough where you have department heads that have another workload and so forth. So we were very mindful when we set up the 90 days. Uh, so I, I think that day, that uh, time frame should be adhered to, Mr. President. And uh, this process, after a lengthy process, uh, over the last couple of years, um, this should be adhered to, Mr. President, and move forward. Thank you. Any further questions? On the motion by Council, by Vice President Knight, seconded by Council Scarpelli. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. <clears throat> Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli? Yes. President Caraviello? Yes, seven in the affirmative, motion passes. 21042, offered by Vice President Knight. Whereas the City of Medford is in the process of conducting an evaluation of the parking practices for review by the Traffic Commission, be it so resolved that the Medford City Council requests that the Traffic Commission examine the feas feasibility of establishing a temporary overnight parking pass for commercial vehicles that meet the following criteria. One, the applicant is properly licensed to operate the vehicle. Two, the applicant's driver's license indicates Medford residency. Three, the applicant operates a commercial vehicle that is registered at an owner-occupied residence matching the, uh, the address on the driver's license. Four, the applicant is in possession of a valid building permit for construction for the owner-occupied residence that matches the address on the driver's license and vehicle registration. Five, the applicant in possession of a valid in-driveway construction dumpster permit for the owner-occupied resident that matches the address on the driver's license, vehicle registration, and building permit for construction era, and whereas the intent of this request is to provide, examine an option for temporary relief to a very small subset of residential property owners that meet a very specific set of criteria. Be it further resolved that the Traffic Commission consider safeguards that strike a fair balance between policy and neighborhood impact, including a public hearing process, prior wishes, a limit on the number of consecutive days and total days in the calendar year, restricting vehicle sizes, 
and requiring that the vehicle be located within a reasonable proximity to the address on the driver's license, vehicle registration, in the city premise. Uh, Vice President Knight. Uh, Mr. <clears throat> President, thank you very much. Again, thank you for entertaining uh, the length of this resolution. Uh, I want it to be very specific and outline um, what it was I was talking about because I don't want this to be portrayed as Councilor Knight wants to allow commercial vehicles to park on residential streets because that's not what this is. Um, what this is, Mr. President, is, is an opportunity for us to look at a situation, a certain very specific search, uh, situation, and see if we can provide relief. Now, um, I was contacted by a constituent who lives in the neighborhood, and um, he lives in a very nice neighborhood, a neighborhood of homes that uh, exceed values of $800,000. And um, he got a building permit to perform some construction on his home. And um, as part of this building permit, he also went and he got a dumpster permit. And we all know in the city of Medford, there are two types of dumpster permits that you can get in the city of Medford. You can get an in-driveway permit or you can get an on-street permit. And this homeowner opted to select an in-driveway permit. And the reason he <clears> opted <throat> to select the in-driveway permit was because he felt as though it was more considerate for his neighbors. They have eight hundred, $900,000 homes. They don't want to look out their window every day and see a dumpster sitting in the middle of the street taking up two parking spots that could be very well utilized during the day if the dumpster wasn't there. Um, so what's been happening, Mr. President, is because the dumpster is taking up the parking spots in the driveway and the gentleman is a contractor, uh, 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 an electrician who performs contracting services and he runs his business out of his home home and parks his commercial vehicle at his home overnight, um, he's run a situation where he's getting tickets for having a commercial vehicle parked on the street overnight. But the reason that the driveway is not open is because he's taken out a permit to perform work on his residential structure, which in the end is going to be beneficial to the neighborhood and to the community, because we're going to be able to capture new growth on the value of the uh, improvements in the, in, the, in the property, plus the quality of life and public safety uh, issues that are addressed by having the dumpster in the driveway as opposed to on the street. Um, so it's a very unique set of circumstances, Mr. President, that I'm hoping the uh, the traffic commission can take a look at um, and, you know, include as part of their study uh, in the recommendations that are going to be made by uh, our other little traffic advisory group there that's been established by the mayor. Um, so with that being said, I'm just asking my council colleagues uh, to ask that the traffic commission look at um, whether or not this is something that they feel would be possible, with, whether it's not it's something that they feel would be able to be properly administered even. It might not be feasible at all, um, but I did want to make sure that I outlined a very specific subset of criteria and also neighborhood safeguards that could be in place uh, should they wish to pursue it or should they wish to find it feasible. Um, so with that being said, Mr. President, it's nothing more than asking the traffic commission a question as to whether or not they feel as though this is a policy that they'd like to adopt or something that might be good for the city of Medford. I'd ask my council colleagues to support it. Thank you. Uh, Councilor Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, yeah, as the um, council rep on the Commission on Parking Policy Enforcement, I just wanted to highlight an update from this. I spoke with Jim Silva, who's one of the co-chairs of it. I see Laurel Ruma has her hand raised, so I'll, I'll also um, make sure I'm brief so she can speak. But the commission is looking. Um, they have been in a discussion about commercial vehicles and are looking at surrounding communities as far as how they handle this. Um, the commission, as you know, is made up of residents, um, members of our business community, and um, all of their meetings and findings are in a public Zoom, um, it's not Zoom, I'm sorry, Google Drive um, that can be accessed. They've spent a lot of time meeting with um, 
members of the business community, residents. Um, they've met with the five, um, with representatives from the five main business districts. Um, they've identified 15 other small business districts throughout the city that they're seeing participation. Um, and they've met um, <clears throat> in about 62 hours of public open meetings on this. So just to highlight some of the work that is being done, but also the main point being that they are um, aware of and looking to the commercial vehicle specifically and seeing how other um, communities address it. So I'll, I know Laurel can speak to this more, but I just wanted to share that. So thank you. Thank yeah, you Mr. President, um, if I may, Vice President, um, this is in no way, shape or form, uh, uh, this is in no way, shape or form a critique or a criticism of the work that the uh, this parking commission is doing. Ultimately, where the traffic commission is the ultimate policy making authority um, and the traffic commission is doing the diligence anyway. Uh, the reason that I asked the traffic commission examine it would be because, you know, this is a council action. Um, so the council would send it to the official government body, the official commission to do the examination. Um, you know, I certainly um, have every belief that the parking enforcement uh, uh, committee that's been established is going to uh, take the proper necessary steps to examine certain aspects of uh, parking in our community. And this is no way, shape or form of uh, a way to be critical of what they're trying to do. Um, however, it's a very specific ask that, um, you know, that I'm placing on the traffic commission based upon a very stringent set of uh, circumstances and rare criteria that uh, doesn't normally happen here in the community. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. Mr. President. Uh, Laura Ruma. Mr. President. Uh, excuse me, uh, Councilor Marx. Uh, th thank you, Mr. President. And um, I appreciate Councilor Knight bringing this up tonight, uh, where he stated this is a very specific ask. He is a thousand percent correct. And uh, the issue I would have, Mr. President, is that uh, I would ask that this be properly vetted before it's sent to the Traffic Commission, uh, sent to the Public uh, Safety um, Subcommittee. Uh, this has a lot of language in it, Mr. President, that if implemented could have some serious ramifications uh, to residents in this community. And <clears throat> I understand this is a specific ask for certain things, but uh, as was stated within the last part of this, that uh, the Traffic Commission consider safeguards as well and to limit the number of consecutive days, uh, a public hearing take place, restricting vehicle size, uh, how far they can park from a resident, uh, from the address that was given. So I, I think there's a lot involved with this, and I would hate to send such a, an important um, uh, potential change without it properly being vetted. And I, I would ask that we have our due diligence, take a look at it. Uh, there, there may be some language in there that uh, the Traffic Commission runs with that the council may say, you know what, that wasn't our intent. Yeah, but it's here in the writing, it's here in the resolution that we supported. Um, and um, I would ask that uh, we send it to the Public Safety Subcommittee. And also, uh, as was stated, uh, we also have a committee that was put together, commissioned by the mayor that's doing their homework and due diligence. I believe I just read they had over 900 responses so far uh, to the survey that was sent out, uh, and that's citywide. And uh, I, I think taking into consideration uh, all these particular questions and concerns and issues that are out there is probably a holistic way of looking at it rather than piecemeal. And I would prefer that method. But I would respectfully ask my colleague, uh, Vice President Knight, if we can send this to um, the Subcommittee on Public Safety uh, to have it properly vetted before we send out uh, such a, a request. The, the only issue I have with 
Mr. President, the only issue I have with that is that where the council is not the policy-making authority to establish parking policy in the community, the vetting that we're going to conduct would have no implement on the outcome. Um, the traffic commission is the policy-making authority of the council, so we could do all the vetting in the world and we can make all the recommendations in the world, but what's going to come out is what comes out of their policy-making authority that's enacted by statute, I believe. So, um, you know, we can look at it and say, you know, is there a possibility to enable uh, to establish a uh, uh, temporary parking uh, permit for commercial vehicles who are conducting home maintenance in an owner-occupied home and let them come up with the safeguards that they want, or we can make recommendations of safeguards, but we're, we're not the policy-making authority. Um, you know, how much time, energy, and effort do we want to put into vetting something that's not under our scope and purview when we have uh, so much more on our plate to already chew? Uh, Mr. President? Council Max. I, I appreciate that, and I understand that uh, it is under the authority of the Traffic Commission. However, uh, this uh, is making specific recommendations, and there's uh, at least five recommendations, then other requests of the Traffic Commission that are involved in this process. And all I'm saying is, if I give it my stamp of approval, uh, this was written by, I don't know who, maybe Council Anita came from some other community or so forth. I haven't had the opportunity to properly vet it and properly get input. Uh, and I think a subcommittee would be the appropriate balance to that. Uh, I understand that's not us that's gonna implement this and enact this, but uh, to get this on the agenda uh, and for the first time uh, send it, if you wanna send a basic statement that they look at commercial uh, vehicle overnight parking, I'll support that tonight. But based on what's in here, there are a lot of recommendations in here and I don't feel comfortable sending them. Mr. President, um, in the spirit of uh, compromise and to not waste time on an issue that's really asking for an advisory opinion, what I'll do is uh, withdraw the paper and um, write the Traffic Commission's chairman under separate cover as an individual, not as a member of the body, um, asking that they take uh, a look at this and they can take it up or they can not take it up um, as a, you know, uh, as an individual, as opposed to as a member of the public body. Um, and maybe that's something that can uh, get them to take a look at it and still address some of the concerns that the councilors have. Uh, but at this time, Mr. President, I'd withdraw the paper, um, whereas it's not ready for uh, prime time. Um, we can take another look at it at a later date once we uh, get some more information on it. Okay. Um, on the motion by uh, Vice President Knight that this paper be withdrawn. Uh, I'm sorry, Laurel, but uh, the council has withdrawn the paper. Okay. Uh, so on the motion by... Vice President Knight to withdraw this paper. Uh, it is done. Thank it's you. Withdrawn. <laughs> Papers, paper has been withdrawn. Okay. Uh, petitions, presentations, and similar matters. 212043, petition for a common victuals license by Ian McGregor, 125 Willis Avenue, Method, Mass, 02155, and Jeff Wetzel. 523 Main Street, Department 2, Medford, uh, for Deep Cuts Deli, 572 High Street. Uh, is Mr. McGregor or Mr. Wetzel on the call here? They are. Okay. They, they, uh, I'll refer this over to um, the Licensing Chairman, Councilor Scott Pelley. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, so we have Mr. McGregor, Mr. Wetzel. Thank you very much for... Uh, choosing Medford. Uh, we see all of your paperwork is in order and all approved. And um, before we go on uh, for approval, uh, can you can we have a little uh, um, insight in what we're trying to do with uh, Deep Cuts Deli and give us a little preview if you can. 
They Mr. muted. Are they, are they, they, muted? they muted. I unmuted Mr. McGregor. Okay. I'm okay. not muted, but we can't hear them. Yeah, we can't hear. Them. Oh, can't. Ian, we can't hear you. Are you guys hear me now? There you go. Yes. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hi, yeah, I'm Ian. This is Jeff. Um, yeah, we started Deep Cuts Deli a couple of years ago as a pop-up. Um, I've been booking shows and art shows and music shows and kind of been trying to like make it a community thing. And like basically the space we're bringing to Medford, uh, besides the sandwiches, also supporting local music and art and basically having a little space that can sell sandwiches along with local music and art um, and have coffee and seltzers and sodas and tea. <laughs> So you, you come highly recommended. I know um, it's uh, it's uh, it seems to be a, a very um, um, exciting venture. So we're excited to hear that. So how many employees will you be uh, employed at, at the location? At the moment, we have about like six to eight. Six to eight. And the hours of operations, have you figured that out yet? Yeah. So we're to start just because I know like COVID's kind of strange. So we're looking like Tuesday to Friday, 11 to 7. And Saturdays, 10 to 4. Okay. So I see everything in order. Um, I move approval, Mr. President. Hey, um, uh, any, Mr. President? Any, any, any further questions for uh, Mr. McGregor? Mr. President? Mr. Vice President. Uh, Mr. McGregor, how are you? Uh, uh, through, through you, Mr. President, to Mr. McGregor. Thank you for being here this evening. Um, I do have a couple. I do 100% support of uh, voting for this paper that's before us this evening. I want to preface that um, before I ask you a series of questions because I don't want you to get nervous or worried. Um, but one of the things that the council's been doing is taking a look at um, what we require um, when people come before us um, in terms of what materials and documentation we're requiring. Um, we're looking at uh, special permits and uh, what's required of special permit applicants. Now, um, sometimes we get some reports that when you apply for a common victualers license, uh, it's quite an inordinately long process. Can you just tell me a little bit about your application process? Um, when you first submitted your application, how long it took for you to get your approvals um, after you had your packet submitted and all that stuff? Jeff can take over that. Yeah, I mean, the, the process was, was uh, fairly streamlined. Um, you know, there, there's a number of approvals that we have to get through the town and, you know, a number of forms that we have to submit. Um, as far as getting our inspections, uh, those all went um, you know, in a fairly timely manner, um, you know, along with our own schedule. Um, so we didn't see any, you know, major, uh, you know, roadblocks to, to any of the permitting. Um, I don't think the only thing is, is um, I've actually done this in, in other towns too. So I just know there's, there's a little more paperwork in Medford than there were in some other towns, but it's, you know, not, not a huge issue. Okay. And um, so from start to finish, what are you talking? Three months, four months? Uh, yeah, we um, we signed our lease on the space for October 1st. So we, we had a, you know, a few hiccups with some, uh, you know, getting some, getting some uh, equipment up and running. Um, but other than that, you know, three months was, was pretty quick. And um, do you have your final inspection scheduled with the Board of Health? Has that already occurred? Uh, it happened last Wednesday. Yeah. And everything was all set? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, both your, your uh, time and answering the questions. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, I, I had a couple of questions for uh, Ian and uh, uh, Jeff. Um, 
I, I, I looked up on your website. You have a, you have a couple of other locations. Yeah. So if originally you know we we've opened in like we've done a lot of pop ups, and uh, we had a spot in Winter Hill area, and it kind of fell through due to COVID. And then we met Stephen, who owns a building uh, in West Medford, and kind of like changed course on that and the whole takeout delivery aspect. Um, but yeah, this is the only location at the moment. <laughs> and uh, I, I welcome you uh, to the neighborhood. Uh, obviously, I, I wasn't able to, uh, to visit the uh, establishment before. Um, I'm not a vegan, but uh, I, think, uh, I think I can make my way down to your new restaurants uh, and hope to, hope to see you there. So. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Any, any, yeah, any further questions? Residents, so this was, you know, this is great for us to be able to find a spot in Bedford. This is great. Thank you. Good. Congratulations. Well, welcome to this method. Uh, any, any further questions for uh, Ian and Jeff? Move approval. Okay. On the motion by uh, Councilor Scott Pelley, seconded by Councilor Falco. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes. Seven affirmative motion passes. Good luck. Hope to see you soon. Thank Good you. Thank you everyone. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Thank you. 21044, petition for a common victuals license by uh, Earl Ercolini uh, for the Method VFW Post 112 uh, has, has been tabled uh, per the request of the VFW. Okay. You're going to vote to table that. Um, so we'll make a motion to uh, table that. Motion to table. Second. On uh, the motion by uh, Councilor, Vice President Knight, seconded by Councilor Bears. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll for tabling. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Carviello. Yes, seven affirmative motion passes. 21045. Petition for a common eviction license by Jabriel Shahid, 21 Rose Street, Revere, Mass. All 2151 for Work Hard Eat Good, 114 Mystic Avenue, Medford, 02155. I will turn this over to the Chairman of Licensing, uh, Councilor Scott Kelly. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, first, uh, um, Shahid, uh, that's a great motto. I follow Thank that. You. Work hard. <laughs> so, uh, again, I see um, all the paperwork is in order. And uh, before we move approval, would you like to give us a little uh, <clears throat> look, see what, what we're going to be uh, we're going to be treated for here in Medford soon? Okay, so what called eGood was um, starting in 2018. I was a... Um, can can um construction worker and it was hard to find a good meal delivery company to deliver like healthy meals to um any job site that, that i was at so that's when i came up me and my fiance came up with work hard eat good so we've been in cambridge for a little while but due due to the COVID 19 we moved to medford it was closer to my house so what we do is we are an online meal delivery service and we deliver hot meals to um, job sites at lunchtime. Um, the customer will go on the app. Um, there's no in indoor dining coming to the restaurant. You have to order online and you order um, before 10 and you get your meal delivered at lunchtime. 
Um, we are targeting um, police department, fire department. Um, we doing um, hospital. We actually gonna donate um, a couple females to the hospital in the area just to kind of let them know, you know, what's going on and offer, you know, because they, you know, due to COVID nineteen, they've been, you know, doing hard work. So I definitely want to offer meals to um the the um the two local hospitals. We actually one of our market um plan is to target um city hall. So I'm hoping that <laughs> you know that y'all will like the food that we offer. But um like like I said, we are a lunchtime online delivery service where you order at ten, um before ten and you and you get your meal dropped off at lunchtime. Okay, so your hours or operations and days. Oh, okay. It's it's really is um. So I'm near from seven until twelve. So um at at um twelve o'clock is the end time. Um twelve o'clock in the um in the afternoon. But we're gonna extend our time later. But right now is this from seven to twelve. Okay. Well, like I said, I see everything. I know my some of my colleagues have questions, but I see everything. I think the concept is innovative and like. Uh, Wish you luck, but what we approve, Mr. President, is that your model work, Judge? What is it? That's your, that's your model, right? I'm starting my own own construction company so they can deliver. <laughs> well, it's not only construction company, it's any anybody that work hard deserves to eat good. So oh, it's for everybody. It. <laughs> we, we eat good. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> Vice President Knight. Um, Mr. President, thank you very much. So what I'm hearing is this sounds more like a, a, a commissary location where the food's prepared, packaged, and then you use that as a delivery hub where you, you uh, get everything ready and packed up at that location, and then you go and take it out and deliver it to the community just like you'd be a, a delivery driver based on basically um, fulfilling the orders that you had received previously that morning? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. And, um, and how many trucks do you operate out of this location? Well, right now we have two. Two. Okay. And do you have any employees? Um, five at the moment. Five at the moment. And um, I'm just, because I'm, I'm going over your application and I'm looking at, um, you know, and I think it's a great concept and it's something that I'll support. Um, it says that, you know, you don't carry any workers' compensation insurance. No, because, so we got a loan from, because when I was in Cambridge, we had five workers that we hoping to bring back. So right now it's just me and my fiance, but um, once we get back up and running, because we were supposed to have a grand opening February the first, that got pushed back. So um, we are we are in the midst of bringing all our five five back and employee lease back on. Okay, so you understand your obligations then, once yes, you sir. have employees. Okay, um, and, and lastly, um, similar to the question that I asked the uh, previous individuals that were before us, um, from start to finish, how long did it take for you to um, get the permitting? application and all that stuff uh, put together and uh once you submitted your permit how long did it take for you to to get to this point where you are tonight actually it didn't take as long as the last uh previous um vendors <laughs> it took me um less than a month um and i like metford the way because y'all very professional y'all make sure that everything um was done right i didn't even know i needed my vindicular license because i had my um catering permit and my um food permit and then when i went to get my um business license i was told i needed my vendigree license and i was wondering and um you know because i don't sell food out of there we don't do um indoor dining but i liked it how it, it, it didn't matter you still had to you know get your vendigree license and, and and it made me um you know appreciate the metro area you know it's going to be professional everything has to be done right 
no matter, you know, if it's not a big company or a small company, I guess that this is the procedure to make sure that, you know, that everything's done right. Excellent. But right. it only took me, only took me, only took me um three weeks actually to get it. Excellent. And it was a very quick process. Excellent. I was well, nervous and I'm still nervous. I mean, to see no, all no, y'all. I don't think you have anything to be nervous, <laughs> nervous about. Um, yeah, well, I'm glad that the process um, worked out well for you. Uh, thank you very much for sharing uh, your experience and uh, you have my support this evening. Thank you. Sir. Thank you. Any, for, any, uh, any more questions for, for Jabriel? Uh, I had one question. Jabriel, um, so are you delivering just the businesses where you, uh, uh, you don't deliver, you don't deliver to homes? Not at the moment. No, not at the moment. We, um, I think businesses would be a better um, to begin, you know what I'm saying? Because businesses hold a lot of people for right now. But after we get that up and running, you know, if 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 I could, I would like to um, deliver the homes and the medical area. Deliver maybe uh, like an office and call you and maybe ten or twelve uh, meals you're looking to bring to one location, correct? We do up to a hundred and fifty meals. Oh, good, good for you. All right. Uh, any further questions for uh, Gabriel? Move approval. Okay. Uh, on the motion second. by uh, who, who seconded that? Uh, Councilor Bears. Uh, on the motion by Councilor Knight, seconded by Councilor Bears. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli? Yes. President Carviello? Yes, seven in the affirmative. Motion passes. Uh, congratulations. Uh, yeah, good luck. And look, for, and look forward to seeing good you. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Communications from the mayor. 21046. To the Honorable President and members of the Method City Council. City Hall, Method Nass, RE, Community Preservation Act. Dear Mr. Dear Mr. President, City Councilors, I respectfully request, request and recommend that your honorable body approve the following on the rec recommendation of the Community Preservation Committee. One, requesting the appropriation of $300,000, $150,121.02 from the CPA, Historical uh, Preservation Reserve, and $149,878.98 from the General uh, Reserve to the Metro Historical Commission for phase one of the implementation of the Brooks Master Plan. We want to do these one at a time or you want to do it as a whole? Let's do one at a practice time. has always been one at a time. Correct. Okay. Okay. Um, Roberta, are you in on this call? Roberta Cameron here? Danielle Evans is from the city. Danielle, are you here? Danielle is. There she is. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, if we can unmute, unmute Danielle. She's unmuted. Okay, Good thank evening. you. Thank you, Danielle. Uh, name and address of the record, please. Uh, Danielle Evans, Community Preservation Coordinator. Okay. And I, I, think, uh, I think we discussed this um, uh, last week. Uh, do we have any further questions uh, on this before we vote? Um, I believe that you had some outstanding questions regarding the Thomas Brooks Park Yes, and I and I see we got um, we have a letter from uh, uh, the mayor through the public works uh, uh, saying that the city of Medford uh, Department of Public has reviewed the Thomas Brooks Park Master Plan with the Parks Department 
and enthusiastically supports the proposed improvement. The Historical Commission will have full support to assist with the implementation of Phase 1 work as uh, submitted by submitted to the Community Preservation Committee. We appreciate the advanced notice of work. No further sign-off is required from the Public Works or the Parks Department. If you have any questions, um, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Ryan Kevins, Commissioner of Public Works, and uh, Michael Nestor, uh, Parks Division. Any uh, any questions from the council? President. Council Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, and I, I want to thank uh, whoever got us that information. That was very helpful. The, the question actually that I asked was uh, the jurisdiction. And it's my belief that uh, the jurisdiction of uh, Thomas Brooks Park falls under the um, Parks Commission. And I was wondering if this uh, has been presented for a formal vote to the Parks Commission, not the Parks Department or uh, Public Works, but the Park Commission. Uh, I cannot. I cannot answer. I'm just reading off the letter that was given to me. Uh, he sent out by the mayor's office. Right. I, I do not have that answer. Is there? I don't know. I don't see uh, anybody from the administration. So I, I would respectfully ask, Mr. President, that if we do take a vote tonight, I'm prepared to take a vote, but it, the vote will be contingent upon, and this is for the dig itself, the uh, approval by the Parks Commission. This, this subject should be before the Parks Commission for approval, Mr. President, and let, so them, and let them decide uh, whether or not uh, they approve it or not, Mr. President. Okay, so you want to amend the paper uh, to say that this be before we will approve it with the condition that it's approved uh, by the Park Commission. No, I, I would ask that, you know, if we wanted to vote on tonight, I have no problem with that, but our vote be contingent upon yes. approval by yes. the Park Commission. Yes, thank you. I know, we, I know we have supporting documentation from Brian Karen's and uh, from Mike Nesta. Uh, however, uh, as far as I know, this falls under the jurisdiction of the Park Commission and the issue rightfully should be presented to them. Thank you. Vice President Knight. Um, Mr. President, uh, Councilor Mox is 100% right. If you look at um, the city of Medford's ordinances, um, you'll see uh, section 62-61, the board commissioners shall exercise all the duties assigned under Massachusetts general law chapter 45. And it also says that um, the public parks to the city. We're losing council. Or may be used or known as. With that being said, Mr. President, I'm not so comfortable um, giving up any, making an appropriation of any funds um, without it first going through the proper channels outlined by city ordinance. Thank you. Uh, um, Ryan Hayward has a, a, Ryan, you had your hand up? Ryan, you still there? Mm, no, he's gone. Uh, Danielle Evans. Um, I think, oh, I think I'm sorry, Ryan I'm sorry. Now. I'm sorry, Danielle. Uh, Ryan's here now. I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> uh, name and address of the record, please. Sure, Ryan Hayward, Medford Historical Commission, 40 Sheridan Ave in Medford. Uh, I just wanted to point out that on the letter, um, you know, that we sent over that Jen, the chair of the historical commission sent 
Uh, down the very bottom, uh, we did consult with Danielle DeRusso from the Parks Commission. Uh, they working, you know, we, uh, Danielle and um, Evans and um, Roberta Cameron and her and I all met um, via Zoom to discuss this issue. And she seemed to think that the Parks Commission um, doesn't normally review this type of activity, that it would be up to the mayor's office um, and the administration to approve it. But I'm, you know, I'm certainly happy to go through that channel if you guys want to have us, you know, send it over to the Parks Commission. The, uh, the mayor is already working on that, so we can certainly review that. What, point of information, Mr. President? One of information, uh, Councilor Marks. And, and I thank Ryan for his comment. And I don't think anyone's opposed to this. We just want to make sure we're following the proper protocol. And I had a conversation just recently within the past maybe hour, an hour and a half with one of the Park Commission members. And they said they had a number of questions. Uh, actually, they were asking me the questions <clears throat> that I couldn't answer. And uh, they were surprised that it wasn't before uh, the Park Commission uh, for a formal vote. So I really think that uh, we need to revisit this. Again, I have no problem voting contingent upon their approval. But as long as I've been on the council, anything done on park property has always come under the jurisdiction of uh, the park commission. And I don't see this as any different, Mr. President. Um, and I think we have to follow the proper protocols. Uh, really, that should have been the first step before uh, you know coming to the council. But uh, I have no problem moving forward with it uh, if we make it contingent upon approval by the Park Commission. Thank you. Um, Danielle. No, I was just going to um, say exactly what, what uh, Mr. Hayward had said, that we had met with Danielle DeRusso, with who is the CPC, is the delegate from the Parks Commission. And she did not seem to think that that was under their purview, but... Um, we did have a, a legal opinion, and I see Roberta Cameron is here. Um, it, it was from the last, it was from Mark Rumley, who um, Roberta knows that one better off the top of her head, but he had opined that the Parks Commission didn't have, um, didn't need to give um, permission for that type of work. And um, I don't know if you could allow information, Mr. President. What information, Councilor Marks? When, when you say that type of work, when you're talking about digging in a park, I mean, I, I can't see any more of uh, a reason why you'd go to a park commission, uh, Mr. President, and ask for their blessing. Um, you know, and uh, I mean, I, I realize the Thomas Brooks Park is kind of off the beaten track and not fully utilized, but this could be any park that they request. It could be the middle of placed at park, and I would assume you'd want to follow the same proper protocols and procedures. Um, and I just don't understand. If that's the case, maybe I'll go pick up a shovel and start digging in our parks. I mean, I mean it doesn't make any sense to me, Mr. President. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Council. President, if I may. Um, uh, Vice President Knight. I think, I think we're also going down a slippery slope and we're relying on the legal opinion of the CPC representative um, from the Pox Commission to make a determination, the solicitor. And, um, you know, we have uh, outside counsel that uh, the city has been relying upon so much. Um, we uh, apparently have ample um, legal minds to address a concern or a question like this. So maybe we should get that answer uh, before we move forward. Okay. Um, Danielle? 
Danielle? Um, did you want, I think Roberta had something to say. Roberta, uh, or, uh, Roberta name and address for the record, please. Roberta Cameron, 12 North Street um, from the Community Preservation Committee. So uh, as Danielle just referred to, we have a legal opinion that was provided to us by former city solicitor, uh, Mark Rumley, that where he rendered an opinion on the legal authority of the Park Commission, specifically finding that um, the Park Commission does not have to approve any and all capital projects within parks and playgrounds. The, uh, the legal opinion stated that the, um, that the Parks Commission does not have the authority to approve any and all capital improvements within parks and playgrounds, but that um, the, that authority lies with the rests with the mayor. One um, of information, Mr. President. One information, Councilor Mark. We're, we're comparing apples to oranges. You're talking about a capital plan which clearly the Park Commission wouldn't have the authority to do any type of capital plan because they don't control the purse strings. What we're talking about is the jurisdiction to have someone go onto park property and start excavating on park property, Mr. President. I would say that needs approval by the Park Commission. And even if it didn't, Mr. President, at the very least, be before money's approved, that should have been vetted out by the Park Commission, whose sole responsibility is the oversight of the park, Mr. President, and the safety of our parks. Because we don't know what's going to happen when they start excavating, Mr. President. We don't know if uh, it's going to be uh, cordoned off accordingly. We, we don't know any of this. And the Park Commission, the commissioner that I spoke to tonight, had a lot of questions on uh, what type of vehicles would be used in there and so forth. And I think at the very least... Mr. President, where they're the commission. Now, if this was a CPC thing and someone said you didn't have to go to CPC for it, I would fight for the fact that CPC should be involved if it was something that's under their jurisdiction. This is no different, Mr. President. And I don't think we should circumvent an established commission uh, in the, uh, I, I don't know why we'd do it, Mr. President. Uh, you know, I think that all the members are probably on board, but they really have questions uh, from the member I spoke to. Thank you, Councilor Marx. Okay. Any further questions? Mr. President. Uh, Councilor Moreau. I, um, I do wonder if um, the desire is to add this language, this contingency is to add the word if, um, just indicating if it is within the Parks Commission Authority, because I do know we sent a paper last week um, asking for a sign off for the school committee for something that actually was not um, within their duty, it was the duty of principals. So just not getting us kind of stuck in a place if this actually is not um, under the Parks Commission. Point of information, Mr. President? Point of information, Vice President Knight. Uh, the response we received back from the administration wasn't necessarily uh, reflective of the policy that was adopted by the school committee in the, pre in the, the, the prior years. Um, I know the opinion is what it is and what came from the school department is what it is, but I think um, that if we go back and take a longer, harder look at what was actually said at those meetings when they were talking about donations um, that a policy was enacted. So, look, you know, the question was, we want to take a look at that policy and see what it is. Um, but I, for one, don't feel comfortable appropriating any money unless we're sure we're doing it legally. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Well, why don't we get, get the confirmations that we need to properly vet the issue and make a vote that's um, that's rooted in the basis of, uh, you know, Thank you. Council Morrell. Uh, I'm good. Thank you. Good. Um, any further questions? Okay, hold on. I see some yeah. hands waving. 
I don't see who's waving a hand here. I think Ms. Uh, Fire Tau and then oh. uh, Ms. DSO. Okay. Mr. Tau, name and address for the record. Can you hear me? Yes, name and address for the record, please. Uh, can, can someone un unmute him? Please? I think he needs to unmute himself. Is Great. that better? Yep. Thank yeah. you very much, Councillor Beers. Uh, can someone there explain to name me? Name and address of the record, please, sir. Andrew Castanetti, East Medford. When did you change your name, Andrew? Sorry? When did you change your name? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, it's, it's this technical stuff. Excuse me. Right. Um, can someone there simply please explain what this phase one expenditure is on the uh, Thomas Brooks Park master plan? Are there other phases beyond this? And what is the total cost? And what is this all being spent for, please? Uh, Roberta, you want to answer the question for the gentleman? Um, sure. So phase one includes, so first of all, there was a master plan that the CPC funded last year that the Historical Commission oversaw for improvements to Thomas Brooks Park. Phase one is the implementation of that master plan, including the restoration of uh, Pump's Wall, or also known as the Slave Wall, and restoration of a stone wall that runs the length of the park. And it also includes the archeological um, excavation of some areas of the site that have been determined to be of high probability for having historical artifacts. And this archeological excavation is required before the um, any other work can be undertaken on the park in order to protect any artifacts that might be located on the site. Thank and you, future, your other question was about future phases. The future phases, I can't yes. speak to that personally, that um, they are identified within the plan that was developed. And I think that that can be accessed through the Historical Commission's website. And also the application for their project includes some future work that they've identified to be done on the site. Um, so that can also be found in the, in the records on, on our website. Thank you, Roberta. Uh, Andrew, are you, is, does that answer your question? Thank you for her time. Thank you. Any further discussion on this? The President. Any more hands up? Um, Mr. President. Uh, Vice President Knight. Um, I do believe that the council does have the prerogative to um, either appropriate the requested sum or reduce the requested sum. Um, and maybe um, we could reduce the requested sum by the amount that the excavation will cost and allow the applicant to come back to us uh, at a later date once we get our questions answered, number one. Um, number two, I keep hearing that the wall is called Pop's Wall, right? That's the name of the wall? So why do we keep calling it the Slave Wall? Why don't we call it what the wall's named? Why do we keep referring to it as Slave Wall? Slave Wall, Slave Wall. If it's Pop's Wall, why aren't we calling it Pop's Wall? Um, you know what I mean? Why, why is that the message that we want to deliver and drill home that it's Slave Wall when it's Pop's Wall? It's called Pop's Wall. And it has a history behind it. And I think that, uh, you know, the history that's, uh, that, that's behind it that, um, you know, might be a little bit more interesting to people if they say Pop's Wall. Why is it called that? Let's learn about it um, as opposed to the thing being called Slave Wall, especially um, 
based upon the the tenor of what's going on in America and Massachusetts um, and in in the area um, these days, Mr. President. So uh, I'd just like to put that out there as a non sequitur. Um, But with that being said, um, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to appropriating uh, the funds that are necessary to repair the wall um, and withhold the funds that are necessary to perform the excavation if that's that's a direction that we want to go in. Um, So I'd offer that um, out there for my councils to discuss and debate so that we can move on to some of the next items on the list. Mr. President. Thank you. And just to, to Councillor Knight's point, um, I think it's great that, you know, we're finally going to be calling this Palm Swall and putting the name to the person who, who built it. Because um, I can remember even, you know, I think it's 2002 when we were doing projects, you know, in the third grade about Medford historical sites, it was called the Slave Wall. And I think um, we heard, we learned about Palm, but I think it's really, I think it's good that this whole project will move the sign, allow access to the wall and give it the proper name. So I, I thank you for raising that point. Thank you, Councilor Bears. Uh, any further questions? Mr. President. Uh, Councilor Morrell. Uh, this point of information, and Danielle may be able to speak to this, it might be why she has her hands raised, but it's my understanding that in order for the work to be done, it is a requirement by the Massachusetts Historical Commission that this has to be excavated, excavated first before the work on Palm's wall um, or the, the Fieldstone wall can go forward. Danielle? Do you comment on that? Uh, yes, Mr. President, I just want to clarify that this is um, due diligence that the state is requiring. Um, it's been identified as an archaeologically sensitive area. So you can't um, you know, start doing work to repair the wall and to reco- relocate the, um, the plaque without having done you know, some um, excavation. And it's, it's not like getting like a backhoe. It's like very delicate. Um, it's going to be volunteers. Um, basically making sure that they're not disturbing anything or if they have a find then to you know call in you know the um, appropriate people um, to, to properly um, ex- excavate and um, you know preserve the, the artifacts that they may find in the ground since there was a former um, home there. Thank you. So it's actually a requirement yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the clarification. Uh, any further questions? There's a question by someone, um, Ms. Diesso. Uh, Sharon, are you there? Sharon, did you have a question? Yes, I did, Councilman. Hey, Sharon, name, Sharon, name and address for the record, please. Thank you, I forgot. Sharon Diesso, 130 Circuit Road in Medford, Mass. Um, greetings to all Councilmen and Councilwomen, and thank you for the time, President Carviello. Um, I have some real, I think, um, important views about what's being done on um, by this uh, commission right now, conservation. I was a history minor. I'm a history advocate. I teach still. I am abashed, and so are some people, with the amount of monies that are being distributed to commissions of this sort in a COVID time. I do have a couple of suggestions. I don't know if it can be done. I'm really amazed um, that during this time, the council has not presented information on how many people in this city have lost their jobs, who have come forth or gone to churches pleading for some help or going to the city hall for some help. Of course, not regarding privy, et cetera. Um, but we're just writing checks out for three $150,000. Has this conservation um, directorship by any chance during the year 
sought out to the wonderful colleges that we have nearby, Tufts, UMass Lowell, UMass Boston, Boston University, who would love to work on a site like that, probably at a much, much better reduced price with a marvelous graduate paper that could be. I'm amazed that we put everything in your hands. We're very, very shocked. We feel that this should be number one, either reduced or the commissions of this sort during COVID should be asked by the um, city council to please stall any of these projects if graduate work can't be um, put on these jobs um, to the spring. People out there need these monies and artifacts, if we're not careful, people in the city will become artifacts. You already got approval for a second historic room at the library for over almost a quarter of a million dollars. Maybe your funds aren't exhausted yet, but it's gonna make the voting go to petition again about allotting you money next voting time. A very healthy um, new year to all. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, Sharon, you're only... Um $15,000 was for the dig, and I don't know if they've looked at uh, volunteer work, but uh, unfortunately, you know, this money is um, is put aside for these projects, and uh, unfortunately, it can't go to the COVID relief and things like that, and I understand where you're coming from, but uh, uh, this money is earmarked for these type of projects uh, by uh, the, the vote on by the people of the, who voted for the Community Preservation Act, so... I hope that answers you, some of your, your question. Any further? Any further questions? Okay, so um, we uh, we have a motion for the re requesting of the appropriation of the three hundred thousand uh, dollars that was amended uh, by Councilor Marks that this be approved uh, contingent on the Park Commission making their recommendation. Hey Mike, is there any other, uh, and I, Councilman, did you have something on there you wanted to put on it also? Uh, I'd prefer, Mr. President, that if we're going to proceed, we err on the side of caution and make sure that we take a vote that's, you know, confident and rooted in a legal basis. And um, if, in fact, we're moving, I mean, can we even do that? Can we even take a vote that says that it's contingent upon something else happening somewhere else? Once we appropriate the money, are we ever going to get it back? Are they going to, you know what I mean? And, and I'm not too confident that the administration is going to adhere um, to, to the contingencies that we're putting in place based upon um, some of the conversations that we've already had earlier in the night. Um, you know, if someone uh, wants to make a motion to um, uh, table uh, number one, um, we can entertain that. So uh, the chair awaits a motion from the floor. And, uh, I mean, my my recommendation would be to, to table the matter until uh, approval from the Park Commission is garnered or the city solicitor provides us with an opinion saying that this project isn't some subject to their approval. So we have a, we have a motion uh, by Council Knight that this be tabled until the Park uh, Commission makes uh, their, their uh, recommendation. Or the city solicitor determines that this type of project isn't subject to their purview. Or the city solicitor. Uh, question, Mr. President. Uh, Councilor Scott Pelley. Uh, to, to really, Roberta, if, if we came back and visited this next week, this wouldn't, uh, I want to move forward with this, but I understand my colleagues' uh, reservations. Is it waiting a week would be, would that really hinder anything for this vote, this part portion? Uh, waiting a week? I 
don't think will will hinder it, but waiting a month may make it difficult or waiting more than a month. I'm not sure how long it takes. will will make it difficult for the timeline of the project to be able to be carried out um, Council appropriately. Light, uh, would Council Light be opposed to putting a date certain so we can get the information back from the city? Uh, sure. Certainly not, Mr. President. And, you know, the reason I raise the issue is because, you know, we're, we're the fiduciary, you know, we're, we're the ones that are responsible for the, for the, and, um, you know, I just really think it's important that, um, you know, at all, all the jobs and responsibilities that we have as a council, um, this is this is the most significant, you know, spending of taxpayers' dollars. Um, it's the spending of taxpayer dollars that's above and beyond the assessment of the property tax. So I really think it's important that we do it the right way and that we get the question answered once and for all so we don't run into these circumstances again in the future. I don't know when the next, uh, I don't know when the next uh, meeting of the, the park, the park board is. Does anybody know when their next meeting is? Two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, Roberta, is, is that a hindrance? Two weeks? Um, I just wanted to see if, if Ryan Hayward wanted to say something about the schedule of the project. Ryan, did you want to pipe in on this? No, I just, I, you know, I'm happy to, to roll with uh, consulting with the Parks Commission. So you don't. So the. So you don't have a problem. Uh, motion uh, date certain. Motion to table this for a date certain after the park board meeting. Park after, after the park board meeting is park, park commission meeting, right? Yeah. That would be my recommendation if yeah. my council is agreed. Yeah. So uh, I, you know, getting the opinion from the solicitor, I think, is important so that um, next year or next round, when this question comes up again, we don't have the same discussion. We have the document right before us. Thank you. Okay. So on the motion by Councilor Knight that this be tabled until uh, for an opinion from the city solicitor and uh, discussion by the park board for, the, for their recommendation. Uh, do I have a second? Mr. President, I have to withdraw my motion first. Right. Okay, yeah. Um, so on the, uh, Councilor Marks had an approval. Uh, so we'll, uh, are, are you withdrawing your motion? I am withdrawing the motion, Mr. President. Okay, so Councilor Marks, has withdrawn his uh, his motion, and we're gonna we're gonna stick with uh, we're gonna be table it until we get an opinion uh, from the city solicitor and an opinion uh, from the, the the park commission. Is that correct? Sounds correct to me. Okay. Uh, do I have a second on that? Second. Seconded by Councilor Scott Pelly. Uh, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. <clears throat> Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. No. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Carabiello. Yes. Uh, six in the, in the affirmative, one negative. Uh, motion passes. Number two, requesting the appropriation of $100,000, uh, $49,121.02 from the CPA Open Space Reserve and $58,878.98 from the CPA General Reserve to the City of the City of Medford Office of Community Development by Gillis Park Master Plan. Move approval. Second. On uh, the motion by Vice President Knight, seconded by Second. uh, Council Falco. Any, any discussion on this? Okay, uh, hearing and seeing none. Uh, Mr. Clark, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. 
Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes, seven in the affirmative, motion passes. Number three, requesting the appropriation of $100,000 from the CPA General Reserve to the City of Medford Office of Community De Development for the car park master plan. Move approval. Okay, uh, the motion by Vice President Knight, seconded by Councilor Falco. Uh, do we have any discussion on this? Mr. President. Uh, Councilor Marx. Thank you, Mr. President. I just think it's important for the edification of the people watching uh, that we met in Committee of the Whole to discuss all these uh, particular requests and had uh, ample dialogue and discussion and uh, properly vetted this out. So, uh, you know, if someone's tuning in tonight, I don't want them to believe that there's no discussion on the allocations that are presented to us. Thank you, Councilor Mox. Okay, on uh, the motion by Councilor Knight, uh, second and by. Second. Second by Councilor Falco. Mr. Clark, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes, seven in the affirmative motion passes. Number four, requesting the appropriation of $60,000 <coughs> Excuse me, from the CPA Housing Reserve to ABCD for Medford Move-In Program. Move approval, Mr. President. On uh, the motion by Councilor Bears, seconded by Councilor Knight. Mr. President. Uh, uh, Vice President. Uh, Mr. Knight. President. Seems like my connection is unstable. I'm sorry, did you stop in the beginning again? <laughs> yes, I said it, it looks like I was shaking out there. Um, I do have uh, some concern, Mr. President, and it's not going to stand in my way of supporting this paper this evening because, um, quite frankly, we don't have an entity that provides this type of service, um, servicing the residents of our community right now. Um, but when you review the appropriations that we're making to action for Boston community development and um, the homelessness prevention initiatives that we're supporting, um, we're seeing that the eligibility requirements and the, the people that are calling for services, about 70% of those people are being turned away because they're not eligible for services because they don't reside in the city of Medford. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact, Mr. President, that ABCD is Action for Boston Community Development. And while they are filling a void in this community, um, I think more people in this community would be inclined to call the Medford Housing Authority for assistance or the Medford Housing Authority for help uh, with uh, Director Driscoll over there about uh, potentially expanding their, their programming and their services to uh, deliver this type of uh, service that, that we're seeing here through ABCD. So that's something I'm very excited about, Mr. President. Um, also, in looking at the type of service that we're seeing ABCD perform in this community, um, we are seeing a duplication of efforts because uh, we do have our um, the office, the Metro Consumer Advisory Commission, um, located in City Hall on the first floor, um, is also handling um, certain aspects of uh, eviction and raft ap uh, application implementation with the raft program. Um, so I think it's very important, Mr. President, as we move forward and begin to um, further disperse funds uh, related to affordable housing and housing in general, um, that we take a look at possibly um, expanding our relationship with the Medford Housing Authority uh, to, develop, to develop a much more uh, city-specific program that really works for us, where you know 70% of the people that are calling aren't being turned away because the resources uh, are not uh, meeting the eligibility requirements. Um, you know, when you think about a housing need or someone that's looking for uh, help 
regarding housing, the first place they call is the housing authority. Um, so I think that that might be a great spot for us to really start focusing our efforts and expanding this type of programming. Um, so with that being said, Mr. President, I just wanted to add my two cents um, and, and put forward a B paper requesting that the housing authority and um, the Medford Consumer Advisory Commission report back to the council um, what steps and efforts they've taken in expanding their uh, rental assistance and eviction assistance uh, programming that they have here in the community. Okay. Uh, any further discussion? Okay. Um, Mr. Clerk, did you get Councilor Knight's, uh, Vice President Knight's um, uh, B paper? Uh, it's a request that the Medford Housing Authority and the uh, and the Consumer Advisory Committee uh, report back to the Council on the steps taken to prevent evictions. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, the housing security concerns in the programming that we're funding through um, the Community Preservation Act and whether or not they'd be willing to expand their role based, based on the conversations I've had with uh, Director Driscoll, they have said that, but um, we'd like to get it back uh, in formal, in formal fashion if that's not uh, too much to ask. Okay. You got that, Mr. Clerk? Got it. Yep. Okay. On the B paper, uh, offered by, uh, by Vice President Knight, second and by. Second. Second and by Councilor Falco. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes. Seven in the affirmative. Uh, motion passes. On the on the original paper requesting the appropriation of sixty thousand dollars from the CPA Housing Reserve. Uh, on the motion by, I think Councilor Bears, you made the you made the motion. Yes, I did. Councilor Bears, and do we have a second? Second. Seconded by uh, by Councilor Falco. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. <clears throat> Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Carviello. Yes, seven in the affirmative motion passes. Number five, requesting the appropriation of $10,000 from the CPA Housing Reserve to Housing Families, Inc. to provide rental assistance as part of their pro bono legal services program. Move approval. On the, on the motion by Vice President Knight, uh, seconded by Councilor Scott Pelley. Any discussion? Hearing and seeing none. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes, 70 affirmative motion passes. Uh, reports of committees. Uh, 20681, January 26, 2021. Uh, Committee of the Whole report. Um, this is the, uh, what we had just discussed, we, we had discussed in the Committee of the Whole report uh, the following week. Uh, as Councilor Marx mentioned, that you want to make sure that, that all these uh, questions were vetted. Uh, Move approval. We On the motion by Councilor Marx, second and by. Second. Second by Councilor Knight. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. Yes. President Caraviello. Yes, seven the affirmative motion passes. I was notified that the Park Commission meets on uh, February 16th. 
that that will be when their next meeting is. So I don't know what day that's on. Uh, so we can the sixteenth is Tuesday. 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 So two weeks from tonight. Two weeks from tonight. So we can it'll it'll be back on our agenda on the twenty third. Am I correct? Okay. Okay. Um, public participation. Mr. President, if I could uh, make a take a moment to make a brief announcement. Vice President Knight. Um, and I think um, that this is really, I don't know if Councilor Mox got a chance to see this, but I know this is going to make his day. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, we put in a resolution for Brian Branson. Um, Councilor Mox was the lead sponsor of that resolution. And um, I was going through my packet this evening. And, um, you know, as part of that resolution, we amended the paper and requested that uh, we send it to Mr. Maloney in the athletic department um, to discuss doing something in Brian's honor to reflect and recognize all the work that uh, he's done on behalf of the youth in our community. And um, in our paper, in our packet uh, this week, Mr. President, we have a paper before us relative to uh, Council Resolution 20682 offered by Councilor Mox. And um, I think it's really great. So I just wanted to share this with the Council. Um, Councilor Mox's resolution to recognize Brian Branson. Thank you very much. Hank Moss and I have had a great opportunity of being Brian's teammates on both the Medford Babe Ruth Red Sox and Medford High School 1984 baseball team. I will be creating the annual Brian Branson Memorial Award, which will be given out at the annual Medford High School M Club, Club Banquet. Councilor Mox's comments will be included in the award. Decades of unselfish volunteerism and commitment to Medford High School student-athletes programs. Thank you. Stay safe. Sincerely, Robert Maloney, Director of Athletics, Medford School Department. Um, Mr. President, I just wanted to take an opportunity to read that in the record and uh, congratulate Councilor Mox on a job well done and um, on, you know, uh, you know, great effort in uh recognizing someone in the community who's done such great things and is uh, going through a tough time. Thank you, Mr. Vice President. And again, uh, also, I, I want to thank Councilor Mox for recognizing Brian. He's a, a good person. Uh, and uh, say be, the, I'm sure this award will be appreciated by his family going forward. Mr. President, uh, Councilor Falco. Thank you. And uh, while we're making an announcement, first of all, thank you, Councilor Mox, for bringing that forward. Uh, but I also wanted to mention, uh, while we're making announcements, that uh, the Friends of the Memphis Family Network's annual ice cream social has gone virtual this year since we can't do it in person. I know everyone usually loves to be there to scoop ice cream, uh, but it's uh, gone virtual due to the pandemic. So this yearly uh, fundraiser, of course, you know, is uh, so very important uh, to our community. It is directly supports the amazing work of the Memphis Family Network. Uh, so to find out more about how you can help and join the fun, please visit www.friends.com of the MFN.org. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Falco. Mr. All right. Uh, Councilor Box. Just if I could, I wanted to speak on the Brian Branson. I wanted to thank all my colleagues because that was a unanimous vote by the Memphis City Council. And I want to thank uh, the Athletic Director, Robert Maloney, for his uh, quick action and due diligence, and Hank Morse uh, for his participation in moving this forward, Mr. President. Thank you. Good people doing good things. Thank you. Uh, okay. Um, records. We're past to Council Falco. Council Falco, how did you find the records? I reviewed the records. They appear to be in order, and I move approval. On uh, the motion by Council Falco, seconded by Council Box. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli. 
Yes. President Carviello. Yes. Seven affirmative. Uh, motion passes. Motion to adjourn by Councillor uh, Falco, seconded by Councillor Biz. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Mr. President, before you call the roll. Yes. <laughs> Councillor Marx. Tomorrow night's uh, Committee of the Whole, <coughs> is that going to be held at City Hall or are we going to do it via City Hall? Via Zoom. Uh, we, we'll, we will be at City Hall tomorrow night. City Hall. Okay. We're, still, we're, we're out of the red. Which we're is out of the red. That's Great. correct. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so um, on the motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Second. Motion. Uh, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli. Yes. President Carabiello. Yes. Seventy affirmative motion passes. Everybody have a good evening. See you tomorrow night. Thank you. Good night.